For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Testimony of Yeshua. This is part nine of the series. So, the northern kingdom didn't keep the Hokim and Mishpatim. They lost inheritance. They were kicked out of the land. They were taken into captivity by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom didn't keep the Hokim and Mishpatim of Yeshua, the lawgiver. So, They lost inheritance. They were kicked out of the land. They were taken into captivity by the Babylonians. In order to amplify the importance of keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim of Yeshua, the lawgiver, we have one whole chapter in the Bible that's dedicated and devoted and is highlighting and and amplifying the significance and importance of keeping Yeshua's Hokim and Mishpatim. That chapter is Ezekiel in chapter 20. Let's look at some highlights of this chapter. To begin with, Ezekiel chapter 20 verses 1 through 3. It came to pass in the seventh year in the fifth month on the tenth day of the month that certain of the elders of Israel came to inquire of the Lord and sat before me. That is Ezekiel. Then came the word of the Lord unto me saying, Son of man, speak unto the elders of Israel and say, Thus says the Lord God, Have you come to inquire of me? As I live, says the Lord God, I will not be inquired of you. Why? Will you judge them, son of man? Will you judge them? Will you cause them to know the abomination of their fathers? Verse 6 and 7. In the day that I lifted up my hand unto them to bring them forth of the land of Egypt unto a land that I had espied for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands, then said I unto them, Cast you away every man the abomination of his eyes, and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Ezekiel 20 verse 10. I caused them to go forth out of the land of Egypt, and I brought them into the wilderness. Verse 11 through 13. I gave them statutes, hokim. I showed them my judgments, mishpatim, which if a man does, he will live in them, quoting Leviticus chapter 18 verse 5, which is what Yeshua made reference to, in Luke chapter 10, verse 28, when Yeshua affirmed that the two greatest commandments in the Torah is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbors yourself. Continuing on, in Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 12 and 13, I gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between me and them that they may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify them. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statutes, Hokim, and they despised my judgments, Mishpatim, which if a man does, he will live in them, quoting Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5. In my Sabbath, they greatly polluted. 
Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them in the wilderness to consume them. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 15 and verse 16. Yet also I lifted up my hand unto them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land which I had given them flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands, because they despise my judgments, Mishpatim, and walk not in my statutes, Hokim, but polluted my Sabbaths, for their heart went after their idols. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 18 through 20. But I said to their children in the wilderness, Walk ye not in the statutes of your fathers, neither observe their judgments, nor defile yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God, but walk in my statutes, Hokim, and keep my judgments, Mishpatim, and do them, and hallow my Sabbaths, and they shall be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am Yahweh, your Elohim. Verse 21, Notwithstanding, their children rebelled against me. They walked not in my statutes, Hokim, neither kept my judgments, Mishpatim, to do them, which if a man does, he will live in them, quoting Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5, but they polluted my Sabbaths. Then I said, I would pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the wilderness. Verse 23 and 24, I lifted up my hand unto them in the wilderness that I would scatter them among the heathen and disperse them throughout the countries. In other words, don't keep my Hokim and Mishpatim. I'm going to kick you out of the land and the land was given as an inheritance. Verse 24, because they had not executed my judgments, Mishpatim, but had despised my statutes, Hokim, and polluted my Sabbaths, and their eyes were after their father's idols. So we can see then that because the nation of Israel would not keep the Hokim and Mishpatim of the lawgiver, Yeshua the Messiah, that when they got exiled in the nations of the world, which was a loss of inheritance because the land itself is an inheritance, that when they lived in the other lands, that the peoples that would rule over them in their exile, that those peoples and those nations and those kings and those rulers would give his people their rulings and their laws, which his people therefore could not keep. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 25. Wherefore I gave them, his people in exile, and in the nations ruling over them, that they gave their statutes of the nations and those kingdoms that were not good. That, In other words, they were contrary to the ways of the God of Israel. And they gave their rulings in their way of living, their judgments, which they could not live or receive the blessings that comes from the God of Israel. So, in his people being exiled, the God of Israel still wants and desires for his people to return. He still doesn't give up on his people, even though they're disobedient and they are exiled because of their ways and their doings. He wants his people to repent, even in exile, and have a change of heart. And if they will, he will restore them. So he always offers a hand of hope, but it comes through repentance. We see this in Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 14 and 15. When I say to the wicked, they will die, if he turns from his sins and does that which is mishpatim, lawful and right, which is how you properly treat other people. If the wicked will repent and turn his heart to the God of Israel and then 
follow his ways and treat other people properly. If the wicked restores the pledge, gives again that which he has robbed. If he walks in the statutes, the hokim of life, the best of life that the God of Israel has to offer, without committing iniquity, he will live, he will not die. So, in exile, the God of Israel pleads with his people to repent and to return and to keep his hokim in Mishpatim. This is outlined in Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning in verse 1 and 2. It will come to pass when all these things are come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I've set before you, and you will call. The word call is shuv, which means to return. And in returning, you are restored to the place where you were originally in status. That if you will shuv, return, repent among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you, that if you will return, shuv, under the Lord your God, and if you will obey his voice according to all that I command you this day, in other words, keep the whole kingdom mishpatim, you and your children, with all your heart, with all your soul, that then... Verse 3, the Lord your God will turn your captivity. So if you will turn your heart, he will turn your captivity. And he will have compassion upon you. And he will return and gather you from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. And then in returning, he is going to circumcise your heart. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6, in the heart of your seed, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, that you might live. And what does a circumcised heart look like? It keeps the hokim and mishpatim of the lawgiver. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 8. And you will return, shuv, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and do all his commandments which I command you this day. Now we continue on in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 10. If you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in the book of the law, to turn, shuv, unto the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So in returning... He circumcises our heart, and in returning and giving us a circumcised heart, he gives us a new heart. He puts a new spirit within us. He takes away the spirit of disobedience, the spirit of rebellion. He gives a new heart and a new spirit, a new attitude, and one that wants to love God and love our neighbor to keep the hokim and mishpatim. Ezekiel. Chapter 11, verse 17 and 19 and 20. Therefore say, thus is the Lord God, I will gather you from the people and assemble you out of all the countries where you've been scattered and I will give you the land of Israel. Look, that's a restoration of the inheritance. If you repent and I will give them one heart, I will put a new spirit within you. I'm going to take away the stony heart, which doesn't keep the Hokim and Mishpatim, which wants to follow our own ways and our own thinking and our own desires, but I will give them instead a soft heart, a heart of flesh, that in doing so they will walk in my statutes, Hokim, and my ordinances, Mishpatim, to do them, and they will be my people, I will be their God, they will be my bride, if in being exiled, if you repent and return, you still can be my bride. Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27. A new heart will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'm going to put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to keep my judgments and do them. So we're going to outline for you several important things that are associated in our outcomes with keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim. 
We've already been developing and showing you multiple examples that keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim of Yeshua after you're saved by grace through faith, you have the reward of being his bride. And the new covenant is the Torah written upon your heart by the Holy Spirit, which is keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim. So the new covenant is keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim. Now, when he ends the exile of his people, Northern Kingdom, Southern Kingdom, and the exile was because they didn't keep his Hokim and Mishpatim. When he restores them back to the land, this is the role and the task of the function of the Messiah to end the exile of his people, Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom, because it was the lawgiver, Yeshua, when they broke the covenant, he scattered them the nations. So therefore, Yeshua, the lawgiver, he that scattered is also going to regather. When he regathers, he regathers as the good shepherd. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, and declare it in the isles afar off and say, He that scattered Israel will gather him. The one that scattered, that was the lawgiver, and he scattered them because they broke his covenant. That is Yeshua. He'll offer forgiveness of sins. Why? Because the lawgiver is going to lay down his life and he's going to shed his blood to provide forgiveness of sins. And through the forgiveness of sin and the work of the Holy Spirit, he can draw them back to himself, give them a new heart, and ultimately he's going to return and restore their captivity. That one who scattered, it says, will gather and keep him as a shepherd. So the one that scattered is going to gather. When he gathers, he's going to gather as a shepherd. And Yeshua said in John chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 14, I am the good shepherd. So when Yeshua gathers and unites the exiles of Israel, when he ends the captivity of his people, that the two houses united, they will keep Yeshua's Hokim and Mishpatim. And when we have the uniting of both houses of Israel, there will be one shepherd and one king over them. That is Yeshua, and he'll be ruling and reigning with him in his kingdom when he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, and he rules and reigns over the nations, teaching the Torah to all nations from Jerusalem, as we're told in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3. So now we can see the association of the uniting of the two houses of Israel, northern kingdom and southern kingdom, being returning the land and keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim of Yeshua, beginning in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 16 and 17, verse 21 and verse 24, as it is written, Son of man, take one stick. So this word stick in Hebrew is eights, and eights is a Hebrew word for tree. So it could be translated as take one tree, but you usually don't grab a tree with your hand, so it's translated as stick. Write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Take another stick, or eights, or tree. Write upon it for Joseph, the stick of a fry, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. So what would be this tree? It would be an olive tree, and he's to take the branches of that olive tree, and join them one to another into one stick, into one eighths, into one tree, into one olive tree, and they'll become one in your hand. And say unto them, Thus is the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the nations where they be gone. I will gather them on every side. I'll bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king will be king to them all. They will no more be two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. So in the end of the exile and the gathering uniting the 12 tribes of Israel, it says in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 24, and David, my servant, which is a term for King Messiah, he will be king over them. Messiah will be king over them. And they will all, the uniting northern kingdom and southern kingdom, will have one shepherd 
And when the Messiah is ruling and reigning over United House of Israel, House of Judah, and their exile has end, when he sets up his kingdom, they will walk in his judgments, Mishpatim, and observe his statutes, Hokim, and do them. Now, the message of the ministry of Elijah in the end of days is to keep the Hokim and Mishpatim of the lawgiver. And Elijah and his ministry precedes the coming of the Messiah. This is outlined for us in Matthew in chapter 17 and beginning in verse 10 where the disciples asked Yeshua, why do the scribes or you might say the rabbis teach that Elijah must first come? That means precede the coming of the Messiah. And Yeshua answered and said, Elijah truly shall first come and Elijah's ministry is to restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already. Elijah will come, but Elijah has come already. And they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. So Yeshua's first coming, the one who had the ministry of Elijah, in other words, that came in the spirit, the power of Elijah, Luke chapter 1, verse 17, is John the Baptist, yoking on the immerser. So at the second coming Yeshua, what precedes his return is the ministry and message of Elijah, which is outlined for us beginning in Malachi chapter 4, verse 4. So what is the message of the ministry of the spirit of Elijah. Malachi 4.4, Remember the Torah of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with its statutes, hokim, and judgments, mishpatim. So part of the ministry of the spirit of Elijah is before Yeshua comes and returns at his second coming, that the ministry of the spirit of Elijah is going to be proclaiming to the people of the God of Israel that you need to keep Yeshua's Hokim and Mishpatim because he's the lawgiver and thus calling for the restoration of all things. So what does restore mean? It means that there was something in its original state that got departed from its original state, but it's going to return to its original state. So we have that Yeshua brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, but his people departed from the Torah. But Elijah is going to call his people to return and be restored to Yeshua's Torah that he gave at Mount Sinai. And the proclamation of this message will precede Yeshua setting his feet down on the Mount of Olives. So now we've given and we've shared with you the principle that the lawgiver gave his instructions, summarizing his Ten Commandments, which is his testimony, a dut, that the details of these instructions are hokim and mishpatim. Hokim are commandments that are decrees that comes from the one in authority, from the lawgiver. And because they're decrees from him, they're not always logical to human reasoning. But mishpatim are commandments regarding how you treat other people and that you should treat other people with honor and respect and be nice to them is something, regardless of whether you believe in the God of Israel or not, that is something that a human being wants to be done to them and how they want to be treated. So they are logical that you treat other people kindly and nicely and that if you want to be respected and treated well, that you do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. 
So this teaching is not going to go into detail regarding the Mishpatim commandments, how we treat other people. I've already done that in another teaching called the Marriage Covenant Agreement and Lawsuit. So if you want to understand the importance of the Mishpatim commandments from Mount Sinai to Revelation, I would encourage you to get that teaching. But this teaching is going to share with you the Hokim commandments, what they are, and their importance and significance. So I want to show you some examples that a hok, a decree, or hokim, plural, are decrees from one in authority, a king or a judge, and because they're decrees, they're not always logical. Genesis chapter 47, verse 26, Joseph made it a hok, a decree, over the land of Egypt under this day that Pharaoh should have a fifth part except the land of the priests only, which became not Pharaoh's. So would everyone in Egypt agree with that decree, that ruling, that that was fair to everybody in Egypt? Probably not. So it's a hoax. It's a decree made from one in authority that isn't logical to everybody to follow and obey. Psalm chapter 2, verse 7, I will declare the hoax, the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son this day have I begotten thee. So the fact that Yeshua is the one who is the agent of his father that the father has instructed to oversee his kingdom for him to be the king over his kingdom. The father has placed Yeshua in that place and position by his hok, by his decree. So what are some other examples of hokim of the lawgiver? Let me give you some more examples. One is the priesthood is given to Aaron and his sons. Exodus chapter 29, verse 9. You shall gird them with girdles, Aaron and his sons, and put the bonnets on them, and the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetual hoak, for a perpetual statute, and you will consecrate Aaron and his sons. So why is it that of all the people of the nation of Israel, that it was Aaron and his sons that were given the priesthood of the tabernacle and the priesthood of the temple. Well, didn't Aaron participate in the sin of the golden calf? So why is it them and their sons? How do they have the merit? Well, it's a hoax. It's a decree of the one in authority. That is Yeshua, the lawgiver. And so now we're going to see an example that this decree of the lawgiver that Aaron and his sons would be the priest, this gets challenged. And it gets challenged in Numbers chapter 16. And in this chapter, we have an account of what's called the Korah Rebellion. So let's look at this rebellion, and it was a rebellion, but from a logical human point of view. In Numbers chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, it says, Korah, that he was a son of Levi. So Korah is a Levite. So the Levites were given to be able to minister in the tabernacle. They don't have the priesthood, but they're ministers of the tabernacle. So we have Korah, a Levite, and then we have sons of Reuben. So the Reubenites are not to be the ministers in the tabernacle. It was given to the Levites. So we have a Levite and two sons of Reuben. And then we are told in Numbers 16.2 that they rose up against Moses with certain of the children of Israel. 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. These are spiritual leaders of the people. So we have a Levite. We have sons of Reuben and the leading spiritual leaders of the people that they come to Moses and they basically say, shouldn't we also have a right and a privilege to be a part of the priesthood as well? 
And so this can be analogous to um, spiritual leaders and teachers of our day within the body of Messiah. Well, that's going to conclude part nine of the series on the subject, the testimony of Yeshua. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.